This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. You're listening now to the Honest to God series with Anne Gail Rose and Ahanu. Good morning, everybody, from beautiful San Diego, California. It is quite early here. It's 8 a.m. for us. And I don't know if you know it, but Ingale Rose takes about an hour to wake up at this hour. But the sun is going to be out today, I can tell. It's making its way between the houses where we live. And it's quite cold, though, in the morning until that sun comes up. So we are actually under our covers. <clears throat> with the heat on, Ahanu, in sunny California. Can you believe that? I know. Isn't that such a, a an acclimatization, <laughs> let's call it? We, When we first arrived in California, we were joking about the people who felt cold, you know, and we were talking about like 70 degrees centigrade and stuff. But now we have become so accustomed to it that even the slightest drop in temperature and we're we're complaining, we're saying it's cold. And funny, I'm more familiar with the degrees in centigrade and I just checked what uh, what the degrees in centigrade is and it's like 13 degrees. Now that's not cold for us in Europe at all. And yet here here we are all wrapped up, just typical... Floridians and Californians just so accustomed to this comfort zone and uh, but it is an absolutely wonderful climate there's no doubt about it and uh, we would say to anybody who's interested in in the tourist aspect of things San Diego apparently has this ideal and almost perfect climate with blue skies warm warm sunny days and like 364 days of sunshine so it's a wonderful place to be and we're delighted to be coming to you today from wonderful sunny warm <laughs> relatively warm San Diego in California. Well, if people took a look at us, Hunter, they'd think we were in the middle of a winter climate zone. That's for sure. But we are sitting here um, ready to have an incredible conversation today with our very special guest, Gordon Hughes, and you'll be telling our listeners all about him in a few minutes while I have the uh, pot of vanilla tea brewing for us, Ahanu. So what are our announcements today for our listeners? Well, let us announce that you're very, very welcome to the Honest to God series radio show with myself, Ahanu, and Angel Rose. We broadcast every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Mountain, 10 a.m. Central, 11 Eastern, and of course for our friends in Europe, 4 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time. Our subject today is sacred geometry. We will be speaking in a short while with Gordon Hughes, who is a specialist in sacred geometry. He makes pyramids and stargates, and he uses them for healing. And the main aspects of his work are the spiritual evolvement of the soul and the development of collective consciousness. He combines sacred geometry, gem and crystal essences, color works, healing, massage and space clearing. And he provides a holistic approach to healing and the evolution of consciousness. Particularly though, and what is of great interest to us, is the pyramids and the stargates and the ones that he designs and makes. And he creates them with love and guidance of the higher beings of light and they contain galactic tones and frequencies. So we are so much looking forward to that today. 
Now, we just want to remind our listeners that we do have a group Akashic Records every week in San Diego, but we're starting to do these online also. Remember that the Eight Steps to Freedom is being launched, but we've created a new website for it too. So you can find that at 8stepstofreedom.com. That's all hyphenated, and it's the number 8, 8stepstofreedom.com. Also, Angel Rose's book, A Time of Change, is out there and getting great, great uh, feedback. Uh, timeofchange.info, timeofchange.info. Get hold of that book. And she's working on the next one, of course, too, The Nature of Reality. So you can pre-order that from our new website up there, too, The Nature of Reality. That's all one word, thenatureofreality.info. Remember our Mystical and Sacred Sites Tour of Ireland? You can find out more about that at mysticalireland.holistic.ie and various other activities that we have going on like uh, quantum jumping and that kind of thing. And you can find out more information about all of those from Angel Rose's website at angelrose.com. Do take care of the spelling of that. It's A-I-N-G-E-A-L-R-O-S-E.com. That's angelrose.com. And you can email her or both of us, at angelrose at angelrose.com. If anybody wants to call into the show today, it's 805-292-0349. Well, Helen, that was the fastest announcements I've ever seen you go through on this show. <laughs> you must be really excited about getting Gordon online. All right, so let's just get right into it then. Let's just bring Gordon on and let him uh, start to chat with us. Good morning, Gordon. Good morning. Glad you're here with us today. Well, thank you. I really uh, feel blessed just to 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 talk about my work, which is so exciting. Now, where are you exactly right now? Right now, I'm uh, I'm sitting in the, in my sister's uh, and brother-in-law's living room. I'm in, in near Liverpool. Oh, near Liverpool, England. Yes, yeah, England, that's... UK. Wow, that's quite a distance from us, all right. <laughs> okay. Quite a lot of traveling. Yes. Gordon, can we start out with you giving our listeners uh, background? Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up in this fascinating field of sacred geometry? It's, well, it's been quite a journey for me. Um, when I was... Uh, and I got interested when when I was 14, when I was learning um, with a friend of mine boxing, and his father uh, used to describe to us, uh, having been in the war in India, he described about these uh, Maharajis uh, and um, great yogis uh, levitating off the floor and the sort of things that he'd seen in that time. And that, is, that fascinated us. So it really inspired me to look into um, the impossible, as it were, or the things that are possible with the mind and through yoga and these ancient teachings. So it started then to really look into the impossible, as it were. So from my and my friend's journey into going to different um seeing different um, people, uh, yogis, through advice and meditation, and different monks. Uh, oh, it just goes on and on, oh, the, the, the journey that we've had. 
and it wasn't until um, I, I lived in a couple of temples, I uh, studied yoga, and then in one of the one of one of the shows in London, the in the Royal Horticultural Halls, and I was walking around with a friend, and then I got fascinated by um, Dr. Fred Bell. I think he was from I think he's from Los Angeles. Uh, and he was introducing uh, pyramids and this technology. So from that, looking at uh, his work and the talk he had from the Pleiades and the, the connections he had with the Pleiades and technologies, it just opened a completely new door for me. Mm-hmm. So I de- so I decided to. Um, I had a background in engineering. Uh, a metal work um, welding, so fabrication. So it wasn't difficult for me to fabricate, uh, to to manufacture a pyramid. Okay. Well, we want to so go into that. We we want to go into that detail about the pyramids in due course. But let me ask you: Do you, when you mentioned about the fact that your father had recounted these stories about the Indian gurus and maharajis and that kind of thing? and exposed you to that at a young age. Do you believe in that theory or that belief that that was meant to be? In other words, this was going to be your catalyst to spark your creativity in this field. Do do you think that was all preordained in some way? Yes, I do. But it wasn't my father. It was my friend's father. Okay, okay. Um, Yeah, I'll put his name out on the earth. His name is Jimmy Malloy. So it's like it quite an amazing, amazing guy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he really he he told he told us countless stories mm-hmm. uh, of wandering through uh, India and meeting so many people that we were just fascinated. Yes. and that was the catalyst that really propelled both of us forward. Right. And do you think that is the, is the same for everybody, that there, there, are, there are these meetings, these encounters that we have throughout our lives that really are designed or meant to spark something in us, to reawaken us in some way? Well, of course, it's, uh, it's, uh, maybe it's preordained. And it's just like a, like a hypnotist that hypnotizes you to go into a certain consciousness at a, at a certain time to trigger the memories. Yes. So this is what I feel it was. Uh, it triggered the dormant DNA, the code, my code to wake me up as, mm-hmm. were, as, a, as a light worker. Yes. So everyone, everyone goes through that. And because of that, do you feel that you would have had a lifetime in Egypt? Because that was the, it, that was it seems the thing that you 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 it brought back the most memories was about the pyramids and Egypt and the technology and the sacred geometry and that kind of thing. So, do you believe you've had a past life in Egypt at some point? Yes, for sure. Um, because of the gift I received in the Great Pyramid. I wouldn't have been able to receive that. Tell us if about I that gift there already. Yeah, what was a what was a gift well, you got? In uh, 96, 1996, I was working with a group of people, and I was uh, supposed to go to Egypt. So to 
to basically do a little bit of uh, work there to activate the, the planetary grids in alignment with these with some other friends that were in other places around the world. So we to bring a change in consciousness. So I went to Egypt and it was a very difficult journey. Um, I'd never been there before. I didn't even know where I was going. I didn't know where I was staying. It all kind of rolled into place. And it was so exciting, really. I had two... I, I did 10 days uh, working around the, around the Great Pyramid in, in Saqqara, uh, as well as the Step Pyramid, and aligned certain crystals at certain points. And then I was doing my last day in the Great Pyramid. And so when I, I'd just been down a subterranean a section of the Great Pyramid, which was, wow, which is so crazy, that um, the experience I had down there in my consciousness, that I was, must have been down there about four hours. So I came out and I could hardly walk coming up, getting up, because it's quite a deep tunnel, channel going down there. And then I, asked, I was asking my guidance and the guidance of the pyramid. I said, you know, I've, I've spent all this time here just in one faith. Uh, I would like a gift for doing this. So I just stopped for a minute and then my guidance said, look over there to the wall and then receive your gift. So I went over to the wall and there's this crack in the wall. It wasn't very big. It was enough to put a hand through and uh, kind of what came immediately was thought, wow, there could be a scorpion, there could be a snake in there. And then I thought, well, no, that's, that's my gift. So I put my hand in and then I retrieved from this a ball, which is a, like a large ball, heavy ball. Uh, and then I heard from the guidance, this is your gift, so take your gift. So I put that in my bag and off I went. And I never thought anything about that until about a year later I came back to the Great, to the great Pyramid and I was checking the wall where the crack was and there was no crack in that wall. And I couldn't understand it until some time later <laughs> that it was my DNA which accessed that portal in that time frame uh -huh. and I'd, already, I'd put, that, put the ball there in the previous life to retrieve it now Wow. So that I can do the work that I'm doing with the uh, expanding consciousness and activating the, the portal grids and the encoding or coding with the galactic tones and frequencies of the pyramids and stargates. So, uh -huh. you know, and I use that now all the time. And it's not the only um, gift they have given me. I have several from many places around the world. So it's been quite... Quite a blessing, yeah, Gordon. Uh, I, I'm aware of Dr. Fred Bell, by the way. I was aware of him many, many years ago, and so I have two questions for you. Did you actually um, work with him in the sense? Did you go to any of his workshops or seminars? And if you did, can you tell our listeners about that? And number two, when you mention doing the grid work in Egypt, are you aware of? Um, what type of grid work you're doing? In other words, what is it actually doing for the area that you're in and for the consciousness of the world? 
Uh, well, first of all, say about Dr. Fred Bell. I mean, the experience I had with Dr. Bert Fred Bell was, um, I think it was, again, like my my friend's father. It was a kind of wake-up call. Because I, uh, when I met him, I, I would just chatted to him for a few minutes and the, the eye contact, I could see through his eyes. The eyes are the windows to the soul. So just the connection sparked off some remembrance within me. And then just looking at his tools and, and the, all the technologies he was bringing through. And then I listened to, I sat into one of his talks. So that kind of just opened up some doors for me and shifted my, my consciousness. Um, and then, well, the, the grid work in, in Egypt, I, 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 I totally work in the moment and totally work in guidance. I have an idea of what they want me to achieve. And then they just tell me, this is what you need to do, this, 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 and this. So I follow them without question. Mm-hmm. And, and the different, the different, me, the different grids, um, like the uh, acupuncture points on the human body, um, I'm able to see the grids. Uh, they show me the grid, and I can, through the codes, I can activate them with the, with the relevant crystals. Mm-hmm. Now, just to go back to that gift you received in the pyramid, you say it was a ball. Like, was it? A, was it a stone? Was it a crystal? What what kind of a material was it, and what what did it do for you in in terms of it being a gift? Like what 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 was the benefit to you for retrieving that? Oh well, what what they told me is that it's it, it's it's similar to Moldavite. It's an off-planet rock, so it's very dense. And what it does, uh, from what I've had before, is it it, it amplifies my vibration. So it helps me uh, retrieve my gifts more, for want of a better word. And Gordon, are you then, are you aware of um, where you come from off planet? Uh, I'm not aware of where I come from. Um, it's, I, I know what I've, been, what I've been told, but I'm very much into the experience that we need to get this for ourselves rather than told. It's self-empowerment. So we have to empower ourselves individually and then come into the collective. But um, as I go through my own empowerment more, that that information will come. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, you're listening to Angel Rose and Ahanu on the Honest to God series. We have as our guest today... Gordon Hughes. Gordon is a Reiki master, a trained fitness instructor, and a master of magnified healing. And you take a person from unconsciousness into higher consciousness through the frequencies and the technology of sacred geometry. That moldavite that you retrieve from the Great Pyramid, is that part of your healing modality, Gordon? It is, yes. I do. I use that to align um the soul essence, really. So I, I use that in workshops, I use that in one-to-one healing sessions, or even therapy sessions. Um, I'm also a, deep, uh, a specialist in deep tissue massage, and um, so I use that as well, because um, I feel a lot of the 
patterns, for want of a better word, uh, stuck patterns in our body get get stuck in the physicality or the physicalness of our body, uh-huh. and we just need a little shifting and a little prodding to release that. So you go deeper, uh, right into the heart of the muscles, just to release that out. Because, right. You know, it is we are in the physical world, so yes, we have to shift off these. These, it, it's a bit like shaking yourself up, I see it. Yes, yes. So you go deeper to shake off the physical to allow you to relax into the more subtler bodies. Yes. Now, we do know that you use your past experience in sheet metalwork and engineering to manufacture sacred geometry items and pyramids and wands and various things. But before we go into the detail of that, let's just go back to Egypt again and tell us what is significant about the geometry of those pyramids. Well, the the significance of the geometry, uh, especially the Great Pyramid and its alignment with the stars, it's as above, so below. So that is representing uh, a consciousness, a higher consciousness to the stars. So using that um, as an an attunement, shall we say. So this is what they were used for in the past to allow ourselves to go through the the codes to empower ourselves. But not that it was easy to do this. You know, it's part of the ceremony and part of the um, tests, shall we say. So we all have our tests uh, in this life. So it's as, as uh, Saint Germain always uh, says to me, it's about self-development and self-mastery. So we have to master, we're here to master this reality. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. not always, it's not easy, is it? No. Well, it it seems to me that what you've what you've done is you've taken the the geometries, that sacredness of the pyramids, and brought it into the present day reality. Now, the reason why I'm what I'm leading up to asking you is all of the history that was there, you know, through the great dynasties and the great pharaohs and all of that, and the likes of those iconic names like Isis and Osiris and and so on they don't seem to matter to you in any way. Is that the case? I mean, do you involve yourself in that ancient history, or does it really matter? Um, yes, I, I do, because uh, I, I, under, I, under, well, I underwent a, um, a sacred ceremony involving uh, the coding of Osiris within my body. Um, that, was, that was done just before I went to the Great Pyramid and retrieve the ball. So yes, I'm very much, I do, I'm in connection with Isis, uh, who's here here physically, and as I took on the the codes of Osiris. So I'm very aware of that. What's the significance of that, Gordon? To to bring Osiris into your body? Uh, To to activate my my past life memories and my codes. Okay. What I'm here to do now. I got you. Okay. Okay, and you know, in terms of this time period that we're in and the work that you're doing, you know, do you agree with everybody else that we're in this huge shift and 
is the goal for us to be able to achieve our ascension or achieve another level of self-mastery or how would you describe it? I believe it's about self-mastery to allow ourselves to become one with all our surroundings and to evolve naturally as we should into into the high dimensions and to bring heaven to earth but heaven is already on earth it's just that we as a collective as an individual in the collective consciousness uh, it's like raising the bar you know to do to our for our awareness and it's 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 similar to the onion layers these are just onion layers within us and the more we take off these onion level onion layers we're able to see more or perceive more and this time has been predicted way back to all um, all the different uh, consciousness all the different religions and it really is now we have to get it get ourselves together okay and do you feel that it is successful i do yes because never never before has there been a time when uh, when the tough uh, it's it's so tough and the opposition as you may want to call it are throwing out all the stops to stop us from doing what we what we are doing but they can't stop it's, it's similar to the domino effect mm-hmm. once the dominoes have gone you can't stop them yes They're, yes they'll go straight through yes so when I asked you about do you think we're successful do you believe that the that negative agenda is now receding um, do you think it's a total victory or do you think there will always be an ongoing battle between the polarities I, I believe that there will always be an, an ongoing battle with the polarities because whether it's yin or yang there is always a positive and negative force and there have to be and that's about balance so but the the dawning of this new age is is here and it's just in a sense i just i feel we're held back um, as we're going through it and over the next over the next month i, I feel there's going to be amazing changes over this over january as we go into february it's going to be you know hang on to your hat because it's we're going to be flying mm-hmm. now interestingly enough once that moment or the day of the 21st of December 2012 had passed, we get much, much correspondence from people all around the world, and a lot of them were approaching this whole concept negatively, saying, you know, there you are, you know, another, another what do you call it, white elephant, another um, uh, millennium event, nothing happened you know, what's all this talk about end of the world, that kind of thing. But yet there was a completely other school of thought that said, what a wonderful change in energy. What a wonderful dynamic has taken place. What a beautiful feeling of growth and, and awareness and a sense of being spiritually connected to all that is. So it seems like the talk about the polarity, the talk about the choice that had happened during that period of time was very, very evident. In other words, once one group of people were very much in support of the maintaining the negative and the other group was very much in support of growing in the, the light of the new 
dawn of the new consciousness. What do you have to say about that? Well, there's, there's always the positive and the negative aspect of it, but in a sense, they want to disempower you. So they're not going to give you the information of what's coming out at the moment. So they want to take away your power. And like the, uh, the hamster in the hamster wheel, they want you to keep in this hamster wheel running round and round in circles. So you're not, you don't see the light. Because that's a method of control. You know, they keep the your blinkers on, so you can't see. You know, the average person can't doesn't can't see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And this is where people are waking up now in masses. It's just little things from from music, uh, people singing certain songs, and people are, are starting to see now. Mm-hmm. So. No, this is so exciting. Yes, yes, yes. Now, the the experience you had in the pyramids in Egypt, and indeed the earlier experiences you had as a child and the influences that you've had and your work with metalwork and engineering and that kind of thing, how did that develop to you becoming aware of geometry being sacred? Well, it, it, how I became aware is is when I started experimenting with the geometry and the effect that it had upon my consciousness. So it wasn't until I met uh, Dr. Fred Bell and I saw the, the different shapes that he was working with and the technologies. And then I decided to look at that and I created some of my own. And then in 94, I met a group of, no, it was 93, 1993, I met a group of uh, people in the Starlight Center in the UK where they had a design for a stargate. Uh, this is a, a pyramidal structure with legs. And uh, I was the one to work on it and create that with Stuart Wilson and Joanna Prentice and uh, John Armitage at the time. So, and that was a process of about three three months just to create that first uh, prototype that we that we got out as a group and then a year later I started working on my own designs and then f- started experimenting with the different um, shapes and patterns and that had an, uh, an automatic uh, influence upon my consciousness so it raised my consciousness. It allowed me to become more sensitive to energy, to energy fields, vibrations. I was able to hold different remedies, crystals, and, and feel what, uh, what they would do on the body, on each medicine. Also. So I became, you know, I, I still do that now with, uh, with medicines. So yeah, it, was, it, was, it was incredible, really. Gordon, when we talk about shifting our consciousness and having those energies allowing us to be more sensitive. I'm asking this question because I know there's going to be listeners who are going to want to know. They're going to bring up the subject of love and they're going to want to know how does sacred geometry and raising your consciousness connect to love or how would you explain love to people from a sacred geometry perspective? Well, love is everything. Without love, love is the ultimate of sacred geometry. 
because everything comes through the heart or the high heart. So, I mean, all the work I do is about love. It's putting that intention, that higher aspect intention, and bringing down that divine, um, whether it's the divine masculine, divine feminine. So you've got both balanced within the heart. And that's why I see the, the geometries of the Merkava, you know, the star tetrahedral Merkavas. They come into the heart and they encode. There's different ways to do it, uh, uh, sacred, uh, the sacredness of it. And Jumbala Melchizedek, he, he talks about that too. Um, yeah, and, and my work has been, yeah. sorry, along, alongside that, but more in the, in the pyramidal side, working with the stargates. And how how would you explain the Merkaba to somebody who doesn't know what a Merkaba is? A Merkaba uh, is simply a representation of uh, two two triangles, two interdimensional triangles: one male, so one female, one heaven, and one earth, and them two triangles come together to form. Uh, a eight-pointed star of tetrahedra, and that is the pattern which is within everything, within nature. Uh, it's a sacred pattern around our body. Uh, it's, a, it's our vehicle to higher consciousness. And Gordon, do you do you believe that we can, or that we're meant to? you know, get to the place where we can travel in our Merkaba and really go beyond the physical dimension entirely. Of course, I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, when I was young, I always had a memory of, you know, death wasn't something that I ever believed in when I was young. I, I remember when people would get ill, I'd or they die, I'd look at my mother and I'd go, what are you talking about? And I, and I was still... <laughs> I have such a difficulty with physical death, the whole process of it in this life. I, I mean, part of me says it's not the way it was supposed to be. And and I guess I want to ask you, do you agree with that? And do you think that those pyramidal energies help us restore uh, our ability to move, you know, interdimensionally as vehicles of light instead of carrying around these... Um, dense physical bodies that seem to be so limiting. Yes, of course. The the thing with the, the pyramids, pyramids and pyramid lineages and stargates, it's specifically the stargates, because the stargates uh, are a portable vortex. And within that portable vortex you can you're in this you're in this world but you're of the you know it's like you're in the world and not the next. So you're in two places at the same time. You, you're receiving that spirit, some spiritual codes and frequencies. So as a spirit in the material world, your body, for want of a better word, the physicalness and the soul are being watered with this spiritual energy. And you can feel that through. Just sitting in the saga, you feel that code coming through. Mm-hmm. And so talk to, you know, when you talk about stargates, because I know there's, there are stargates, you know, in, in the stars, there's stargates um, in various places. 
And then you also create devices that you could maybe term Stargate. So can you talk to our listeners about the different types of Stargates and how they're different than, let's say, um, a portal or a vortex or something, or are they the same? Or could you just explain that to us? Yeah, the, uh, this, there are different types of Stargates. The Stargate portal, the gateways, whatever you want to call them. But um, to be able to be allowed through these portals, you have to have the key. The similar analogy is like, say, your, your door to your house or your home, you have a key for that. So the key to enable you to go through these portals is excuse me, within your DNA. But you would have to be able to have already gone through them in previous times. And that's what I've been, uh, I've been told about the access keys which I have been given um, so that allows people to go through these portals. So as a gatekeeper of, this, of the star, portal, uh, star portals, by me, me being able to unlock them keys, you are allowed through the different dimensionalities. But mm-hmm. then these are also regulated by the guardians uh, and the gatekeepers on the higher realms. Mm-hmm. So, so what happens, only... Gordon, when somebody goes through a portal? What, what, does anything happen physically to them, or is it only on the level of consciousness? It's a, it's a, I, on, physical, on the physical level, I haven't had that experience of uh, teleporting through consciously, but I've had amazing uh, meditation experiences of, of traveling through the portals. Um, it's very high energy. Mm-hmm. And do um, those devices and, that you make, do they help people to consciously go through these portals? Yes, they, they, it, it's an access system to allow you through the portals, and that's the that's what the code of that's why as the uh, as the gatekeeper and the keeper of the keys, um, I align the gates to these uh, portals, so you so you are allowed access through. Uh-huh. So whenever whenever people purchase a Stargate from me, I deliver that in person. So yeah. and then I give them I give them training of how to use it and how to align themselves. Um, yeah. Okay. So now this is this is an ideal time to give out your website, Gordon, because I know that many many of our listeners would be tuned into the type of technology, let's call it. Uh, conscious awareness that you're speaking about and will want to contact you to get hold of one of these stargates or one of these pyramids or one of these ones. So how do they contact you? You can contact me through my website at the moment, which is uh, uh, www.angelic-light.com. But I do have another website coming online within the next couple of weeks, uh, called uh, www.sacredgeometry.eu. So either one of them, the first one, the angelic light, you can get me straight away on that. Okay. So if anybody wants to look at what I'm doing, you could you could view that website. But the other one won't come online until, uh, I'd say, about another two weeks. 
And sacred geometry, is that all one word? Sacredgeometry.eu? Yes. Okay. Yes. Sacredgeometry.eu. Excellent. Okay. What about the we mentioned about Isis and Osiris and that and, and those characters. What about Toth? And does he have any influence on what th- you do? Yes, he does. Um, I haven't had, I haven't had much to do with Toth, but I've felt his presence when I've been working. When I work on different structures, the different uh, the different masters uh, come to me, uh, and and through me through my physicality, they code in to some of the work that I'm doing at the time, different energies. So I, ha- I have felt him before in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what does he feel like, Gordon? What does he feel like? Uh, it's hard to describe. <laughs> it, it, well, it's a bit like me trying to describe to you um, a taste of an exotic fruit that you've never tasted before. And the only way you can taste that is if you bite into it, mm-hmm. if you understand. Mm-hmm. So this, I mean, this is what I, the way I work is that I want to gift, gift people the experience because I feel we have to get it physically. Mm-hmm. And then once you get it physically, then you, that gives you more faith, as it were. Right. So your devices help people to get this experience physically. Is that what actually happens? Yes. Okay. Definitely. All right. Let me just divert just for a second because there's a subject that has fascinated me for some time and I want to know if it's connected. The whole business of these crystal skulls around the world, they they seem to be related to some ancient belief system and connected with this time period and so on. Do you find that they are is there anything in that system and are they connected in any way to Egypt and the pyramids of Egypt and sacred geometry? Yes, they are, because it, it, it's knowledge. It's, uh, I do have a crystal skull. Uh, I've got a large crystal skull. Mm-hmm. And I also have a, a piece of a crystal skull, an ancient name from the ancient name times. And it, it, it's about tapping into the consciousness mm-hmm. and then the collective consciousness. So what I do myself is I use that as a tool to attune me into the relative... Um, well, whatever I am um, meditating upon at the time. So mm-hmm. if there's certain aspects of knowledge in the past which I want to tap into through the, through the Akashic Records mm-hmm. or through the other, other, other levels, I would use the crystal skull to, as a, a method to consciously go into mm-hmm. uh, that, that space. Okay. Let us just take this opportunity, Gordon, to mention to our listeners that we're we're speaking with Gordon Hughes, who is a specialist in sacred geometry. He makes pyramids and stargates for healing, and he's involved in the whole business of spiritual involvement of the soul and the development of collective consciousness. Gordon can be contacted at angelic-light.com or in a few weeks' time, sacredgeometry.eu. You're listening to Angel Rose and Ahanu on the Honest to God series. And this is a good time, actually, for us to mention about our sponsor. 
Our sponsor is Diamond Sun Hosting, who has been consciously hosting spiritual websites since 1993. They can be contacted at diamondsunhosting.com. That's all one word, diamondsunhosting.com. And if you wish to sponsor an episode or the full Honest to God series, contact us at angelrose at angelrose.com. That's A-I-N-G-E-A-L-R-O-S-E.com. Now, Gordon, we usually take a little bit of a break here. Let us just pop it on for a couple of moments, and we'll be right back after this. This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. The Honest to God series with Anne Gail Rose and Ahanu. We're speaking with Gordon Hughes about pyramids and sacred geometry. Gordon, there's a question that has come up that I've been looking for the ideal opportunity to ask you. And first of all, before I ask it, let me say that uh, none of this has been rehearsed and you know, you, you did not know what kind of questions we were going to ask you, and we really appreciate your, your frankness and your honesty and your depth of knowledge, by the way, too, which is absolutely fascinating as we explore this whole business of sacred geometry. So we appreciate you coming online with us today to talk about it. Now, my question is, you mentioned about this, this polarity, how you know people are making choices, uh, good, bad, up, down, in, out, black and white, that kind of thing. What do you think originally caused the digression in humanity way back then? Like, what are we trying to get back to? What is that all about? Well, to my understanding, uh, we're we're getting back to our divinity, becoming one with the source and one with ourselves, as we were originally. And going back in time. And what do you think caused and, uh, the the digression? What, what happened to make us lose that divinity in the first place? Well, we, I'm linking to my guidance at this now at this time. So it's we wanted to be separate and experience what it's like to be in third dimensional reality. It's like, okay. like being separate from our parents, mm-hmm. uh, so we, you know, we're kind of we're on our own. Right. So that was a choice that we made in spirit. Yes, it was a choice, but also it's like a contract. You have a contract to fulfil certain, certain, certain things within your life, mm-hmm. and then when that period is up, then you start anew. Mm-hmm. Well. Let me ask you this in relation to where you live. You you mentioned that you were in Liverpool in the United Kingdom. Now, I'm familiar with that area. I'm not sure if many of our local listeners in the United States would be familiar with it, but they would certainly be familiar with the fact that Liverpool is connected with the Beatles and all of that. But we're talk I want to ask you about crop circles because you're in the United Kingdom where there's a prolific amount of crop circles that come up every single year and indeed many people are so so used to them at this stage they don't see it as a phenomena anymore 
do you think there's some connection between crop circles and sacred geometry? And if so, can you explain what that is? Well, yes. Um, well, I, I've, I've not been up. Uh, sorry, I, I used to live in uh, Devon for ten years, so we had crop circles all, all over the place there too, and in Wiltshire. But the connection is at a time when um, we need to wake up. We need this um, the crop, a crop circle would appear to awaken our consciousness, and just by by you looking at this crop circle, the photo, the picture of this crop circle, it would activate certain aspects of your own consciousness, your DNA. So it's awakening humanity with the potential of who they are or what we can become. Gordon, <clears throat> Gordon, do you, um, what, let's see, how do I want to phrase this? Do you think um, the ET involvement uh, in our planet, in our crop circles, has been going on continuously? And if so, you know, how do you perceive the various races that have been interacting with humanity? Can you talk to our listeners about what you know about extraterrestrials and their connection with, you know, not only the seeding of our planet, but ourselves, our, our, our many of us who are here, ETs, uh, what about the greys and the abductions? I mean, how does all this connect? Because uh, certainly um, a lot of people have wondered about their own biology in terms of what their own individual makeup is. Yes, uh, uh, the, the ET connection, I've not had much to do with the ET connection, but um, I do get information uh, from uh, extraterrestrials and I'm sh- I had an experience in Wales where, with a friend of mine uh, maybe 15, 20 years ago where we um, close encounters in the film close encounters were I forget the, the star in that one they had uh, the orange stripe down one side of the face uh, where they, the um, the light from the UFO so, strangely enough, I had we, me and my friend, when we went up this mountain to encounter, of course, encounter, we had this orange stripe down the side of our face, and I didn't remember that she told me uh, my memory was taken out. She said we were taken up in the ship at the time uh, because the ship came down, and I, I have no memory whatsoever. It must be in there somewhere. But uh, she told me all about what happened, so we, we were taken taken on the ship. Um, so I'm not, I don't want to give that information out at this time. But uh, yes, I've had that experience. But the for many other people that have, they possibly have had negative experiences. But we must have put that out there on some levels uh, collectively. Right. And at this time. Mhm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. All right. Let's go back to your your devices that you make. Can you tell our listeners the different types of um, devices that you make, and if some are to be held by hand, or are you making pyramids to sit in, and um, 
Yes. What about the degrees of the pyramids, and do the different degrees affect different things? Can you talk to us about that? Yes, I've been uh, I've been playing around with. Uh, I started playing around with the different sizes of pyramids from the base angles of the of to um, to mimic the, the the Great Pyramid, which is 50, uh, 51, 51 degrees, fifty one. So from the from a nine inch base size pyramid. So I I started making them originally from copper, and then once the, um, they used to get damaged because copper is very uh, malleable. So then I changed to brass because brass is a bit stronger. But they're used in a variety of ways. One to empower crystals or to charge crystals, any any flower essences, any remedies, and also you can use them as a pyramid hat in, in meditation. So, and you can hold them on your heart chakra, or you can put them on the various um, places on the body, or you can align them underneath a bed, a, a massage table. And I do have some designs to include them underneath a massage table, and the, then you can put certain crystals at certain points along the different chakras. Um, and then the larger pyramids are for uh, at a sitting, after lying. You can do group meditations, uh, individual meditations. You can link into all the all the sacred sites. And each of the of the larger pyramids, the stargates, they link into each other. So the many places that I've taken them around the world and placed them, um, each one links into it. So you have a collective. So it feeds into the grid, and it feeds into the grid, the high grid, to the to the galactic grid through the central sun. Mm-hmm. But then you have other tools. You have the healing tools, the healing wands. Now the healing wands are there's a very specific order to use them. You can do uh, house clearing around your house. You can um, you can activate people's merkabah, star merkabahs around the body. Uh, you can use them in uh, meditation and healing as an amplification device. It's, the, the possibilities are endless. Mm-hmm. And how do these devices affect the Kundalini? Or the, the DNA, Kundalini. indeed? Well, they, they align this. Every, to me, everything is about focus, the intent of your focus. So, looking at the precise angles, and the, um, not just the angles of the pyramid, it's the actual coding of that. And as I, as my, uh, well, kind of mission, as it were, to come to, to come here to work, uh, was to bring this gift of coding the consciousness into the pyramids or the keys from the higher realms. And it's such, I mean, wow, it's such a gift for me just to be of service. To mm-hmm. be here, and, and I, I am excited. Angel Rose asked you about the the angles of those pyramids, and I know you do make them more or less the same as the Great Pyramid. You mentioned about the importance of the the geometry of the Great Pyramid in Egypt, but do different angles of pyramids make a difference? It does. Yes, I've been experimenting over the years, over the past twenty years, 
with various angles and I've worked with trans channels and clairvoyance and the work I've been doing myself on them so I came up with various angles from, from 51 degrees, uh, the same as 51, 51, the Great Pyramid, to uh, 54 degrees. So various angles between them would be better for water, empowering water, food, and then, and then the, physical, uh, the physical body and the subtle bodies. Um, and the, uh, these are uh, documented over the years um yeah well we have to tell you a little story of our own experience because there was a, a colleague of ours in Asheville, North Carolina, who also makes pyramids. He makes them out of copper at roughly the size that you can sit into, but he did ask Angel Rose to go into the Akashic records at one stage and find out what the difference of the angles would make and she came up with various angles that like you said would affect water and would affect plant life and so on but obviously all of that needed to be verified and validated in some way or proved in some way but lo and behold didn't he take one of those pyramids that was good for plant life and he placed it in his garden course he was looking at the lettuce and the onions and various things to see the effect it had there not realizing that the trees were being affected by it so much so that in his position in a beautiful mountain cabin with a fantastic view out over the trees he realized that after a short few months he had lost his view the trees had actually grown up so much in a short space of time that he had never seen the growth like it and it obscured his view so he was talking about removing the pyramid so has that been the kind of experience you've had using these pyramids? Yes, it is. Um, I placed a, starga a stargate out and the, the growth, it just it rapidly, um, anything you place within a pyramid, it's going to enhance it to its natural state, its vibration. So the growth rate, it just in, I don't know, I've never measured it and done an experiment with it, but they do, they just love it. Because I remember a friend had one in his garden. Because uh, I, um, I asked him to put one in his garden uh, while I didn't have space to put it at the time. And he said it was so fantastic. He said, wherever he had a bald patch in his grass, he used to move it to that bald patch. And the grass would really grow in that area. And it's amazing. He said, and then when it was grown, he said he put it to another bald patch. And then the grass had really come up again really fast. So he used to use it as an amplification device right. for his grass. Now, you, we're talking about small size pyramids in terms of something that you can carry around or place in your garden or sit in it and that kind of thing. And the influence that they have is real, as you say. What about the fact that the Great Pyramid in Giza is an enormous size? How, what area does that affect? Well, that, that the, the actual, because of the granite meter and the line that it's on, but it will affect on a planetary level, a huge level, the whole continent, but it goes straight through the other side of the continent. So as a acupuncture needle point, well, I, I would like to qualify exactly how much it would um, mm -hmm. Well, I do feel that that's not completely aligned 
correctly at the moment. Right. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because I, I like you, I've been to Egypt and have been around the pyramids for you know a long period of time, and it puzzled me that if this great pyramid was as active as it was supposed to be, or was as generative and productive as it was supposed to be, why was it sitting in a desert area? Why was it not? Why was there not? plant life and growth and so on around the, the, the pyramids themselves. I was puzzled by that. So you're saying that the Great Pyramid is not as active energetically now as it once was. Is that true? Well, that, that's what I feel from my guidance, yes. But uh, it's not totally in alignment at the moment, as I understand it. Okay, and is that uh, because of the the, pro, the progression, the procession of the equinox? Is that more or less why? Yes, but it's also with the with the with the shifting of the planet's axis point. Uh, I feel by the end of this month and going into February, there's going to be a big shift, and that and the, the, that's when the Great Pyramid, to me, will come into alignment. Uh, I have no idea of the astro- astronomy or the astrology, but uh, what I do know is that it, there's going to be an amazing shift, and that the Great Pyramid is going to be a big focal point now at this time because it, mm-hmm. it's all it, it's like a, a switch is going to get turned on. Yes, it's interesting that you would have a positive outlook on all of that because most of the people who you hear in the let's call it the business of consciousness or the business of uh, awareness or people who are psychic, they all tend to have negative outcomes. They all tend to be predicting huge earth changes and tsunamis and all kinds of storms and earthquakes and all sorts of negative things. You're, you're, you're a, a gift to listen to in, because basically you're saying that, no, we have, we've passed some point where everything from now on is actually progressing to a positive space and that the outcome is glorious. Am I right in asking you that? Yes, that's, that's correct. But then it is, it, it is a, shift, a shift through the ages. We are in that shift now. It's just, I, I feel that we're in this um, grid where we're, we're not actually seeing the total extent of what the effect of what we're going through um, and we're in this kind of time loop but as we push through that through uh, through the end of this month going to February there's going to be a huge um, opening of awareness and I just look I mean I don't really bother looking in the movies and stuff but the, the you know the opposition to, from what for want of a better word you could probably see that they are pushing for certain agendas to yes. bring in negative energy in mass. That's so right. I would look out for that in the news because there's going to be some major stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. And they, they're trying to stop what's coming about. Yes. So they can't stop it because it's, it's like a domino effect. It's coming through. Yes. But in the ignorance and arrogance, they think that they have the technology to stop it, but they haven't. Yes. Because this is coming directly from heaven. Now, let, let me ask you this, Gordon Hughes. You're, you're, a, you're a, a, a pioneer in sacred geometry and pyramidal energy, and you make your own stargates and that kind of thing. So what, 
we, we get asked all the time, what practical steps can somebody take? And when you talk about, you know, holding on to this wonderful new light energy that's coming in, are there anything practical that somebody can do? In other words, must they have one of your stargates? Must they have one of your pyramids? Or is it the case that the, the rising tide will lift all boats and everybody is going to benefit from this wonderful energy no matter what it is that they do or think? It will. That, no, you don't. You, know, you have everything within you. And this is a gift that has been, that has been given to you long ago. The key to unlock everything is within your heart or within the high heart. And that gift is love. And the more you, you just sit and look within your heart and open to that greater love, just smile and allow yourself to open. But what simply doing that is all you need to do. But what the stargates do or the pyramids do or the ones would do, they would accelerate that. And, and allow you in to that space at an accelerated rate. Right, yes, yes. And uh, speaking of the benefit of those pyramids and how they accelerate things, would they help, for example, counteract the effect of genetically modified foods and that kind of thing? Uh, I haven't experimented with that. But, yes, they, to me, yes, anything you place within... Uh, a pyramid would uh, change the resonance of that, the bioresonance, into its complete, into its wholeness. So they change it back into its original state, to its pureness. Well, that's really good to know because I know there's so much concern going on about those foods and their artificial construct, if you will, uh, in in terms of taking away the organic. Uh, intention that I think was originally in the foods. So if people got a small one, Gordon, you know, and put their food under it before they ate it, you think it would help reverse some of the effects of the GMO foods? Well, that would be the intention of bringing the, the, the food into wholeness. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. It would help. And so what's what's the effect? I, I, do you make the type that you can sleep under? I do, but uh, I, because I, um, shipping was a problem at the time, I, I, I only made a, a two-meter size pyramid. Um, and I, I, I focus more upon the larger ones, uh, the Stargates, because... The essence of the pyramid, to me, was was more the four-pointed, the squareness. So it it wasn't focusing off planet. So focusing on star energy. So by incorporating the stargate with a Merkabah or a Merkabah star top in the different different types of tops, mm. that was focusing on the star energy rather than the pyramid. So the the stargate was more advanced. Mm-hmm. And if somebody was to purchase one of these from you at your website, uh, g- just give it to us again real quick what it was. It's www.angelic-light. Angelic-light. So if somebody was to purchase one of these stargates or pyramids or a wand, 
is there any training involved? Is there some kind of a a, a progression of experience, or what does one need in order to get the best effect from one of these products that you sell? The best, well, the best. Well, this is what this is the new what I'm doing now for 2013. I'm going to uh, put kits together for people who want to experience uh, and accelerate their growth. Uh, I'm going to put several kits together for for helping with that, um, like a Stargate, Pyramid, Wand, and a certain set of crystals. So it helps them accelerate whatever they want to do, whether it's a healing center that they have and they want people to come and do meditation uh, or it's a yoga center. Uh, it, it doesn't matter what it is. It will, I will cater according to the to the place and to the people. Okay, but there, there's no procedure that they must follow, is there, to benefit from it? Or, you know, our training there that is, they follow. Yes, I, I do give training. I do give the information uh, which I've been um, guided to use. So there's, there's there's lots of information which I give with it. And I also give, uh, I can give uh, a video of information on it too, on the, on the use, of the, the uses of how to use the different tools. Mm-hmm. And when when you talk about stargates and star energy, what exactly is star energy? Well, star energy to me is we are stars. We are shining, shining stars. Um, to quanti- to qualify that, what? I can't, I can't think of a word which will describe it. Okay, but what I'm trying to get at is, you know, we can understand, say, sun energy, for example, and we can understand moon energy in its cycles and how it affects us and how it affects the planets and so on. And obviously these ancients did understand the various constellations of stars because, you know, the pyramids, as we know, are lined up with certain... Um, the belt of Orion or the Cygnus constellation and so on. So what I'm trying to get at or what I'm trying to understand is how does star energy affect us in a day-to-day basis? I'm just trying to get the get the a correct sort of uh, analogy for you. Well, as, as a star being here on Earth, some of the experience that people may may be feeling that they feel alien to being here on this yes. on this planet and walking about in this three D um, physicality. Mm-hmm. So to get a feeling of uh, being being connected, it's like having a, a good friend. You know, someone you're really like a twin flame mm-hmm. that you're connected to. Um, it's that lo- it's that love connection, a higher love connection. So once you experience that higher love connection, and you you can you you kind of plug into the collective. It's it's annoying. It's annoying. The only sure. word I can it's a, it's annoying. You, you it hits the heart, and you have that experience which is indescribable. Mm-hmm. You, you you just there's no words you can say like the the, the fruit, and as a 
as a star being. You just know that you're different. And there's so many people out there who will be listening now uh, that they'll know, they'll know what I'm talking about because they are star beings. They know they're different. They don't fit into the mold. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost the mold has, has been thrown away. So as star beings, once we connect with other star beings, then there's so much joy just in that connection. Uh, and you just know. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if there was one thing that you could tell people that would be the most beneficial to them, what, what would be that one single message? Love yourself. Okay. Love yourself. That's it. Love yourself. Because when you love yourself, then you can love others. And love is the greatest thing we could have. And the more we open to love within ourselves, the more love comes. Yes. Okay. And do you believe that that is is first in terms of a sequence? Yes. I do. But then sometimes you have to hit rock bottom before you can go within and try everything under the sun in order to, to, to touch that bit, aspect of your heart. Yeah, Gordon, can you also tell our listeners the difference between loving yourself and being selfish? Because, as you know, most of us have been brought up in religions that you know, uh, really kind of make it a sin to be selfish. And a lot of people do interpret that as, well, if I love myself first, then I'm being selfish. So can you talk about the error that's in there? Yes. It's, about, it, it's, it's you're being selfless, not selfish. Because as it's written in the Bible, uh, to thine own self be true. You're being true to yourself, but you're being of service to the collective. And there's no religion higher than love and higher than truth. And, right. to, and what I, the word I always, the analogy I always have myself is, you do unto others as you do unto yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, in the last segment of our show today, Gordon, we do want you to speak to us about the new tools that you've developed because I believe you've developed a method of space clearing that you call crystal feng shui and you've also developed a massage technique called bioenergetic massage. Can you talk to us about those and what benefits they would have for people? Yes, well, the, uh, the, the crystal feng shui, what I've found with that is that the any um, the ha- your house, for instance, could be out of alignment and it could have any uh, through the grid lines, the, the ley lines. So it could have, you could have a lot of problems in the house for one uh, poltergeist activity, people who are, who are stuck in this dimensionality. And what the crystal gridding does, it aligns through certain crystals and certain grids that I place around the house. Uh, it would totally align the house and the grids into wholeness again. But also, you may have to go back further down the energetic line to clear a pattern 
maybe from a, a holy well site or from a graveyard. And it just depends where where the situation is. And I, I get I'm totally guided where to place the crystals and what to do and how to do it. So I teach that in part in a in a workshop and the same with the bioenergetic massage is uh, as a trained therapist um when I first started this uh, when I was 16, I massaged a friend of mine. I always used to help my friends when I used to box, before they used to box. And I just realized I had this ability to massage. But what I didn't understand then is that the points of massage and energy points, shiatsu points, I used to press these certain points on the body. And what I understand now, it's, these are the galactic uh, the galactic points I call the galactic suits or the axiotonal points uh, on the body where the uh, energies, the galactic energies flow through and open all the meridians up and balance the body. Mm-hmm. So, so is that, is that a, kind a, of an, yeah, a completely new method of massage then? Or is it a development of something that was already there? No, it's, it's a new method which, which I developed but it's not, I wasn't trained on earth for that. I was, uh, my understanding, all this training I've had, it was, was off planet before I came, before I incarnated into mm-hmm. this body. So, so you brought so, it with you, and you, you yes. practice it now, and you, you practice it on people. And is it the case that it, it's different from traditional massage in the sense that it can be done in a chair, fully clothed? Yes, you can do it... Uh, in a chair, you can do it on a bus, you can do it anywhere, you know, on the massage table, as your normal standard massage, and, and still incorporate that. So I've trained many therapists to do it, to incorporate this, uh, this type of massage. Wow. Well, now, let us, let us do a little recap of what we've covered here today, because we've, we, we've really gone through a huge amount of information and in lots of ways we've only just touched the very very surface or the the cap rock of the pyramid with all that wonderful wonderful information still remaining to be uncovered below but we've talked about stargates and the fact that they are portable vortexes that you actually make we've talked about how pyramids work and uh, the fact that you can use your pyramids as a like a pyramid hat or you can charge crystals with them you can heal the chakras with them. You can use them in meditation. And we've talked about how stargates differ from pyramids and the angles of those pyramids and how certain angles of pyramids will do different things, may help with food or may help with energy work or that kind of thing. And you mentioned also the fact that the pyramids you make progress, let's say, from being made out of copper to brass and that uh, the ancient pyramid itself has moved out of alignment energetically from where it was all those thousands of years ago. You do make these wands which you use for house clearing and to use as a key for to portals really, a key to access portals. You did give us a fascinating story of how you retrieved that Moldavite in the Great Pyramid over 20 years ago and how the fact is that you had led past lives in Egypt and you brought that technology and that gift 
with you into this life and how you've used past experiences to create these sacred geometry products for healing right now that are available to people at your website uh, sacredgeometry.eu which is still to come but they can contact you at angelic-light.com we covered the subject of crystal skulls and how they relate to what you do and we talked about crop circles we talked about toth and we talked about the fall let's call it or the digression of humanity and we covered star energy crystal feng shui you talked to us about your bioenergetic massage and of course we've talked about love now this is a huge amount of things to fit into a short space of time and you've been really really wonderful in articulating all of these concepts so we really really appreciate you coming online with us today and talking to us about all of these things it's been my pleasure yes Gordon this has been really interesting and um well, we do look forward to you having having you come on again and expound upon this. And certainly, um, we we'd love to see a picture of your sphere, your Moldavite sphere, if you are so inclined to send it. And um, aside from that, you know, carry on. Well, thank you. Yes, it's it's such an such an amazing journey. Yes, good. Well, we encourage people to contact Gordon Hughes at his website, uh, angelic-light.com, and soon to come, sacredgeometry.eu. Or indeed, if anybody who may be listening to the archives want to contact Gordon through us, you can get us through angelrose at angelrose.com. All right, Gordon, we have to bring it to a close here. We, we, we loved having you on. You're an um, absolute wonder and an amazing fount of, of information and knowledge. And we do look forward to speaking to you again at some point close in the future. And we look forward to all those positive outcomes that you predict for everybody in January. Well, thank you for inviting me. Okay. All the best and thank you again. Thank you. And Happy New Year to everybody. Yes, a Happy New Year indeed. And we must say that we are engaging in those wonderful energies ourselves in this new year we feel them we're they're they're palpable they're real and we encourage everybody to really make that choice to get into the positive aspect of life and enjoy it in every moment yes and i just want to say ahana because you know we have been checking into the records periodically with these new energies and what it looks like uh through the records is if you could imagine um, this beautiful energy of blessing coming down through all of creation. That's actually what it looks like. Like a door has been opened and the source has just extended these incredible blessings to everybody. So now, now is the time really for your heart's desires to manifest for your, you know, this is the time where you'll get support and push and the energy underneath your feet or the, the wing, wind beneath your wings to be able to go forward in ways that maybe you would have had a difficulty with before and certainly with all sorts of, of healing. So this brings me to uh, briefly the subject of next week when we will be talking about uh, star essences. You know, there's a whole new uh, realm of uh, homeopathic type remedies that are made from the crop circles 
which are really, really potent and powerful to help through this transition. So we'll be discussing those and their implications because, uh, like today, they are based on uh, really complex sacred geometry. They are in the grids of the earth uh, once they're created, and some are, most are positive, some are not so. But let's have a discussion about those. So we do hope you'll call in next week or log in to the show so that you'll be able to uh, hear this discussion and hear the testimonials about people who've been using these uh, essences already. That's absolutely wonderful. We look forward to that immensely. Now, just a couple of little reminders. Do remember the Eight Steps to Freedom is available at eight number eight hyphen steps hyphen two hyphen freedom dot com. Wonderful program that we've been developing over the last number of months and very, very significant for this time period. So do get hold of that at eight steps to freedom dot com. Get hold of Angel Rose's book too, A Time of Change. Wonderful information about this time period. Really, really important. And I know it sounds like we're, we're pushing it and it's a commercial, but it's actually the information that's in there that is so beneficial to people at this point in time because so many people are wondering who they are and why they're here and where they're going and what's happening to them. And indeed, our wonderful guest today, Gordon Hughes, was talking about that knowledge that is available to people, but so many are confused and can't access it. And he was offering tools to be able to access that wonderful information and knowledge that's coming through at this point in time through the gift of sacred geometry and pyramid energy and stargates. So do get hold of the nature uh, the timeofchange.info. And then Angel Rose's next book, The Nature of Reality, where actually there may be sections in that about pyramids and their structures and that kind of thing. Who knows? She's working on it right now, but you can pre-order it. And that's what a lot of people did for her first book. And it gets available at thenatureofreality.info. And that's all one word, thenatureofreality.info. We spoke about the uh, fact that the United Kingdom is home to a lot of these grids and uh, Gordon mentioned about Wiltshire and Devon and the various places where those crop circles come down. Very, very close. It's only a hop, skip and a jump to Ireland where we have every year our mystical and sacred sites tour of Ireland. We visit the sacred sites, these wonderful megalithic tombs and mounds and sacred places of Ireland and we visit the places where the fairies are, and we may indeed have a few pints of Guinness as we journey around and explore consciousness in that wonderful land. What about the Bushmills Distillery? You know, Ahano, that's my favorite place. Certainly you can raise your consciousness in a place <laughs> like that. <laughs> Not too sure about that, but however, worth a visit. Okay. Remember also our Akashic Records group every week. If you're in San Diego or in California, do visit us and you'll find all the information about that at the meetup groups, meetup.com and just search for either Angel Rose, uh, my own spiritual name, Ahanu, A-H-O-N-U, or Akashic Records Group. Any of those keywords will find us. And then, if anybody wants to listen back to any of the archives of the wonderful shows and the absolutely amazing guests that we've had over the last long period of time, you can find all those archives at angelrose.com forward slash podcasts. That's an easy place to find everything all together in one place. 
Okay, when you're at angelrose.com, do opt in to our mailing list because you will get free ebooks and you'll get the summary of the group Akashic Record transcripts every single week. We email them out to people and people find those of immense value and benefit. Although, Ahana, we are way behind on those, aren't we, since we've moved here since November. We're way behind on putting those um, Akashic Group profundities on there. So we apologize to the people who have been diligently waiting for those, and we do promise to get those out somewhere between this week and next week. Ahano's just been swamped with all sorts of distractions that have come up since we've moved, so we do apologize for those. But we will get them up there, and they're good, of course, like they're all incredible. But uh, we owe you probably, I don't know, a couple months worth, don't we, Ahano? perhaps five, and they will be coming out this week. We're really, really getting back on top of things. And the energies are ripe for it, as Gordon mentioned today. So with that, we will say goodbye. We love you. We send our blessings. We thank you for listening to Ahanu and Angel Rose on the Honest to God series, and we see you next week. And I'm wishing happy birthday to my son Clayton today, who's 36. This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. The Honest to God series with Anne Gail Rose and Ahanu.